Welcome to the Colonial Hills Podcast, a ministry of Colonial Hills Baptist Church. Hello, this is Pastor Chuck Phelps, and I trust you're doing well. Those who keep up with the news have plenty to get them down. Seems like our headlines are dominated by political scandals and racial tensions, financial uncertainties, escalating violence, the challenge of a global pandemic. Now, we shouldn't be surprised by these things. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 1 reminds us that perilous times will arise. And when perilous times arise, we should find our, our shelter, our refuge in the arms of the Lord through the promises of his word by the power of his spirit. Proverbs 29 says in verse 2, When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn, or they sigh. Have you found yourself sighing recently? Have you found yourself disheartened by the circumstances that we face all around us? Does the news get you down? Just as the nation of Israel would sigh under the burdens imposed by Pharaoh in the book of Exodus chapter 2 and verse 23, I believe that it's right for Christians to sigh as we see the burdens of sin. And the, cert- the burdens of sin are certainly many. Has that ever crossed your mind what it is that God is doing? Have you ever asked the question, why do we see injustice, violence, and challenge all around us? You know, it's interesting in the book of Ezekiel, the word of God reveals to us the reason why God would destroy Sodom. Many people would say, well, I I know the answer to why God would destroy Sodom. Obviously, there was perversity in the city. But if you would answer perversity, you would answer inappropriately. In the book of Ezekiel, in the 16th chapter, in the 49th verse, God reveals the reason for the destruction of Sodom. And the reason, or reasons rather, for the destruction of Sodom are surprising to a lot of people. Listen to what the Word of God says in Ezekiel 16 and verse 49. Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom, pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy, and they were haughty and committed abomination before me. Therefore I took them away as I saw good. Did you catch that? God says, Here's the reason for Sodom's fall. And he begins this list of problems with the word pride. Pride caused the fall of Sodom. You'll remember that when Lot looked down on the fruitful plain, it was a wonderful place to raise cattle, but not a very good place to raise a family. And so he said, I want to go that direction. And Abram had already struck a deal with his nephew Lot. And so he allowed Lot to take the fruitful plains, and Lot arrives at the destination Sodom, and he arrives in a city filled with pride, and more than that, fullness of bread. There was plenty. Such opulence, unimaginable opulence, such blessings to be in Sodom in that time, there near the Dead Sea, there in a place where cattle were strong, where grasslands were lush, where opulence was evident all around, and yet the hearts of the people of Sodom were far from God. God records this in Ezekiel 
16 and verse 49, Behold, this was the iniquity of thy sister Sodom, pride, plenty, fullness of bread. And then there was pleasure, an abundance of idleness was in her and in her daughters. Neither did she strengthen the hand of the poor and needy. Sodom was a city that was living for pride, for prosperity, and enjoying pleasure, an abundance of idleness. An idle society can become a corrupt society very quickly. The parallels to America today are profound. What might be the sin of America today? What would be causing the challenges that we see in the newspaper, on the news, on our street corners, that we hear from our neighbors in our workplace? Could it be pride? What blessings God has given to America? What privileges we have enjoyed? Fullness of bread. I'm constantly amazed at the food pantries and the evidence of such abundance of material goods uh, that is available to everyone in America today. And while we grieve that anyone would ever go to bed without a meal, it seems like so many have grieved that there is an abundance of bread and there's also with it an abundance of idleness. Witness to the abundance of idleness NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, cable news channels that show to us so many opportunities, I should say regular cable channels that show so many opportunities for recreational pursuits, whether it be the Food Channel or uh, the Home and Garden Channel or you name it. Uh, We have an abundance of idleness in America today, so much so that destinations like Disney, and Dollywood, and all kinds of amusement parks. And I've often thought about the word amusement. Ah, which means not. Muse, which means thought. Places where thoughtlessness, thoughtlessness is emphasized over thoughtfulness. Where entertainment is emphasized over edification. Now, Pastor, are you saying that it's wrong for us ever to just kick back? No, I didn't say that. Even the Lord said in the Gospel of Mark to his disciples, come apart and rest a while. But when we think of the society in which we live today, we ought to think soberly and deeply. And as the children of Israel would sigh in Exodus chapter 2 over the oppression that they suffered under the injustice of Pharaoh, even today there are those believers who read their Bible and look heavenward and sigh. For the challenges of our culture today are many, and we live on a precipice. And I ask the question today, what's bringing it? And of course, many would answer, well, we've changed the rules with regard to marriage. We've changed the rules with regard to homosexuality. We've, we've taken the, the lives of innocence with abortion, and all these things are true, and all these things are heinous. But underlying all of these issues The same issues that were underlying in the land of Sodom. Pride, fullness of bread, and abundance of idleness. The man Habakkuk is a man who captures my attention often. Old Testament prophet, as you may know. The name Habakkuk means to embrace. And in Habakkuk chapter 1, Habakkuk introduces himself to his readers. And as he introduces himself to his readers, he does so by speaking of his burdened heart. Habakkuk is burdened over the 
desperation of the times in which he is living. Habakkuk's country is living on a precipice, much like Americans are living on a precipice today. And as Habakkuk writes with regard to his burden, I read in Habakkuk chapter 1 and verse 1, the burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. Habakkuk is a back-and-forth book in which Habakkuk expresses his burden. He sighs, and then God speaks. Habakkuk sighs, God speaks. And along the way, we come to encounter the Spirit of God as God answers the sigh of a prophet who's living in a sin-sick society. And so in the book of Habakkuk, the first chapter, Habakkuk says in verse 2, O Lord, how long shall I cry, and thou wilt not hear? Habakkuk has been going to God in prayer, and yet it seems for Habakkuk there's no answer to prayer. Let me just list for you quickly today something to think about. If you are living in the American culture, in the world, if you will, and your heart is burdened because of conditions round about that seem ever so perverse, go back and read Habakkuk. Habakkuk begins this book speaking of the burden of his heart because of unanswered prayer. Habakkuk has been praying and praying, how long will I cry? And you will not hear, and yet it seems that God has not answered. Is there a prayer request that you brought before God repeatedly? Habakkuk says, I cried to the Lord, and it seems like God is not answering. And what was it that caused Habakkuk to cry? Well, he saw the undisguised perversity of his culture. In verse 3, he says, Why dost thou show me iniquity? It caused me to behold grievance. Sins have been pulled out of the closet, and Habakkuk is facing the sins of his people as those sins are paraded through the streets, as those sins become a blight to the nation. You know, Jeremiah says something interesting in Jeremiah 8 and verse 12, that the sins of the people can become so great that they can no longer blush. Have you ever contemplated the beauty of a blush? That blush of innocence, that blush of embarrassment, that blush that demonstrates that the soul has not been desensitized by sin? Well, Habakkuk says he has long been witness to the iniquity that is filling his nation, the violence. He complains about the violence that he has seen. My, how we have witnessed violence in recent days. And Habakkuk continues to speak in Habakkuk 1 and verse 3 about this undisguised perversity. Why dost thou show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance? Sins have now come out into the open, and the unrestrained passions of the people of God, these are God's people living in the land of Judah. These are the few tribes that have not yet gone off into captivity. And Habakkuk is living in the midst of these few tribes from which David came and over which David reigned. And yet their unrestrained passions have caused the prophet to sigh. Habakkuk says in verse 3 of chapter 1, Why dost thou show me iniquity and Cause me to behold grievance for spoiling and violence are before me. And there are those that raise up strife and contention. Unrestrained passions are here boiled down into four descriptive words. There's spoiling. The idea here is of destruction, vandalism, and rioting. There is violence. This word speaks of wrong, cruelty, and injustice. There is strife. 
Here Habakkuk speaks of controversy and quarrel, and there is contention. This word means discord, literally partisan politics. Boy, does that sound familiar. What was it that caused Habakkuk's heart to sigh? Verse 3 of chapter 1, there was spoiling, in other words, destruction. There was violence, cruelty, injustice. There were strife, there was strife rather, and contention. And then this really bothered Habakkuk. Verse 4, therefore the law is slacked and judgment doth not go forth. Habakkuk says there's unpunished perpetrators. The perpetrators of these injustices seem to get away with it. There's no punishment for their sin. And you'll recall that Ecclesiastes chapter 8 and verse 11 reminds us that when justice is not meted out speedily, then lawlessness increases. I read the book of Habakkuk and I see America and my heart is grieved. I read the book of Habakkuk, especially these first verses, and I think of the parallels that we're seeing in our culture today. But how should we respond? Have you thought about that today? If you're like me, a news junkie, and you get burdened when you see all these things happening round about, when we see a nation that increasingly looks like Sodom and increasingly adds to its iniquities, violence in our streets, spoiling and strife, and all kinds of partisan politics. Now Habakkuk is going to be told by God that the Babylonians will soon be coming and that they will bring the justice of God with them. And Habakkuk is going to be stunned and he's going to ask God, how is it possible, God, that you could use a nation even more unjust than my own to judge my people? But before the story is over in the third chapter, the last chapter of the book of Habakkuk, Habakkuk is going to have an encounter with God and he's going to realize that God is always good. God is always just. That His ways are not our ways. They're higher than the heavens. And that God is working all things together for good to those who love him. And having that encounter that transforms the mind and the heart of Habakkuk causes Habakkuk to say something that's wonderful in Habakkuk chapter 3. He gives a declaration of faith, and I want you to think about it with me today. I hope we will respond as believers, as God-fearers, as those who love the Lord with the words of Habakkuk. Habakkuk says, although in Habakkuk 3 and verse 17, the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vines, and the labor of the olive shall, shall fail, and the fields shall yield no meat, and the flock shall be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Habakkuk says, when things are totally desolate, when all hope seems lost, when all the bounty of God's blessing has been taken away, Habakkuk says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength. He will make my feet like hind's feet or like the feet of a deer. He will make me to walk upon mine high places. Habakkuk says, tell that to the singers and sing it upon the stringed instruments. Habakkuk says, when everything physical, tangible, everything that I've depended upon is gone, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God, I love this, of my salvation. Everything can be taken away, but your salvation can't be. Everything can be taken away, but the promises of God always stand. 
Everything can be taken away, but our hope is never lost because our hope is Jesus. What a blessing in the midst of a very real perspective of culture, a culture rather in chaos. What a blessing to be able to put our trust in the Lord and to ask God to tune our hearts to sing his praise. Today, as we look round about, we see a nation on the precipice, those of us who love America and love God need to love God first. And as we love God, we need to depend upon him to fulfill his will through his word, by his spirit in this age. May God help us to say with Habakkuk, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. God bless you. This podcast has been a ministry of Colonial Hills Baptist Church, a church home for all people. If what you've heard has been an encouragement to you, please subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you'd like to connect with Colonial or find more resources, you can find us online at colonialindy.org. You can also check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Thanks for joining us today, and we hope to see you next time on the Colonial Hills Podcast.